I don't know if anybody died. I don't know if anybody was ever in that house. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't think there was a sledgehammer there. You know, like, like I don't know what the hell's going on, you know? Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. All right, everybody. It's time for the 10th episode of One Fucking Hour. Uh, this is Evan Husney. And I'm joined, of course, to my left by Tom Fitzgerald. Tom. Hey, everybody. Here we go again. <laughs> and they, have, right. they can't stop us, guys. They can't stop us. <laughs> Ten episodes in. Oh, my gosh. And to my right, uh, Mr. Marcus Herring. Marcus. Hey, what's up, guys? Again, I'm just really happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this... He's got an ankle bracelet. He can't leave the house. <laughs> so... You look like you're in some kind of uh, lockdown. It's great. It's yeah. a good look. Yeah, yeah, I am in the lockdown in a remote <laughs> area. Yeah. In a remote location, undisclosed location. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this fucking hour is going to be on the uh, 1983 shot on video horror film, uh, Sledgehammer. So, Fuck. All right. <laughs> All right. Now it's time to start the clock. Oh boy. And here we go. All right. Now this this movie is a personal one for me and I know for you, Tom as well. Marcus mm-hmm, you saw yeah. the film for the first time, uh which we'll, we're we're going to be getting into. But this movie, yeah. I think a lot of people listening who's who's probably listened to our previous episodes will be like, "Oh, what the fuck? Why Sledgehammer? What is this? What is Sledgehammer?" Well, I think, you know, it's it's safe to say the thing for me that really uh, is what is so special about this? Well, it is the first shot-on-video horror film made for the direct-to-consumer market or the direct-to-video market, which is you know historical uh, you know importance. But also, the movie is and Tom, I think you said it last week. It is accidental art. It really is. Definitely. It's like Definitely. they went into it trying to race to eighty minutes to make some sort of consumer product, but accidentally they made something that really belongs in a museum. You know, like, like, like this should be part of the Anthology Film Archives permanent collection. Um, no, it should ahead. be at the Whitney, Whitney Biennial. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm talking about. And not, not in a film context is what I mean. Right, right. But it's this like a video installation. Video yeah. installation, experiential piece. Absolutely, 100%. Now, for me, that really hit me right off the, the bat. Now, I, I, this is going back 2010, I think. It's a little hazy. But um, I was hanging out with you, Tom, at, at Cinefamily, and uh, I can't, uh, details are fuzzy, but all I remember is somebody on a laptop showed me on YouTube this clip from Sledgehammer, okay? And this was the first taste I got of this movie, and at, at right off the top, I was like, I totally got the art vibes. This was an, an otherworldly, atmospheric, nightmarish. It was all these things, and I was like, holy fuck, is there this other, like, these other hidden crevices of the horror genre that I have not mined yet. Is there a whole other shot on video world? And of course right. there was, but you know, and I, I kind of feel like I've been searching ever since for something on par with sledgehammer and hasn't quite ever hit that mark, you know, for me, a sledgehammer is kind of the peak. So I started from the top, but I want to yeah. play this one scene just for the people at home who have no idea what we're talking about. Cause this scene kind of says it all for what the, the, the tone and feel of this very, very unique 
movie is, right? <laughs> okay. So let's do yeah. it. Here we go. <laughs> Where it all changed for me. I like this. I like the sonics. The shift. Bloody pentagram. It's a fucking nightmare. It is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so and there you have it. Uh, that yeah. that just made an incredible impression on me. I I was literally like, yeah. "What the fuck is this? Where do I get it? How do I see it? What else like is there like this? Nothing." Yeah. But it yeah. just blew me away. <clears throat> well, I agree with you um, that. Well, I mean, if it's the if it was the first SOV you really fucked with, um, you did start at the top. And you, you, you didn't and you won't find anything on par because I maintain that it's a very special film. There's all the ingredients add up to it being unique, even within the SOV, the shot on video horror thing. Um, if I might interject one thing, uh, mm-hmm. just it, impression, you know, seeing that with all of us again, that's the kind of scene that I call the air conditioner repairman kind of scene. Let me explain. Um, Eraserhead has a scene like that. It's this kind of concept. This didn't happen to me. But it's a movie theater, and they're showing Eraserhead. They're showing um, Sledgehammer. And there's an emergency repair job for the air conditioning. And so there's a you know regular guy who watches, like, King of Queens. That's his favorite show. You know, that kind of thing. He's just a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he goes, like, all right, guys, I think you're all set. It's like the, uh, the duct was kind of blocked. You know, like, oh, hey, you guys got a movie? I love movies, guys. What's playing? Oh, I, I love a good movie. What? It, and then they and then he walks in. And it's that moment of sledgehammer, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And he walks <laughs> out disturbed and silent and doesn't say anything to us. And it's like the other one is a racer head he when the him. little tiny. Well, the racer head. It's it's when the full bodied, uh, you know, Henry Spencer or whatever is screaming. Where is the screaming baby head? And it goes on for like an hour. He's just going. Eh! the baby head on top of his body it's, it's like it's like you know he just like marched into his car drove off and like hit a telephone exactly pole. yeah exactly yeah. And, he, and, and, and the and the last thing you hear him say is oh great i love movies <laughs> anyway so uh sorry because that is one of those things sledgehammer that scene even especially so okay 
so sledgehammer you know you 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 uh you 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 got a dose of the heavy stuff by seeing that scene and i haven't found anything like that i actually i was thinking i don't really like sov that much as a genre it's okay but it's so but so often there's um choices or or non-choices that kind of reduce impact but these guys were onto something and i was just real I'm, and i'm wrestling with it in my brain but um one of the things i think is they tried to make something that was really canned and fully contained if that makes any sense like they wanted full control of the sonics and we'll discuss further the music which is absolutely like half of why i, th- I think it's so special yes but just to yeah just to fully restart though um i was doing a series at, at, at the cinefamily the cinematech in la this was 2008 i never heard of sov uh, the acronym and i had just happened to see the ripper with Tom Savini on YouTube, and I just I stumbled on it, and I'd heard of these things five 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 and Black Devil, but I never watched them. I never watched them because I thought, eh, this looks just regular bad. But I did. So I, anyways, but I said let's do a series based on the Ripper, and so I went through everything that I could at the time that was accessible, which was still renting videotapes. You know, this is 2008, right? So I went through everything, and Sledgehammer was immediately like, whoa, yes. Because we did like Black Devil Doll and maybe a couple other things, I don't remember. And, uh, and, and so that one really killed me, and we, we, we programmed it, which is, I'm sure, the first time I'd ever played a movie theater, you know. And yeah. Uh, this was, yeah, I, right? I never even think yeah. of that. But yeah. okay, so it's, it's, we had our first Halloween party the night before, October 31st, and we weirdly idiotically programmed the Sledgehammer screening this next day, Saturday. And we're all hung over, the, the, the skeleton crew staff of Cinefamily at the time. And there was just some people, but there were some people, and it was unforgettable. I was really hung over, and I was in the projection booth the whole time. So the full power of Sledgehammer revealed to me because it was big and it was really loud. Because A, I, I realized that it, Sledgehammer's audio was never intended to be at the volume of a screening. It was always supposed to, the intention was like a small, shitty TV speaker, right? right? So, so right off the bat, that's bad. But then I, like an asshole, turned it up really loud. And it just became this overwhelming, oppressive, but awesome blanket of synthesizer nightmare rock. And um, and I just, and, and, and in fact, I, I boosted all of the bass. And it started kind of like having this low hum rattle. Because there, there's always this low tone in all the music of the soundtrack of Sledgehammer. And it was very unforgettable and very spaced out. And I just remember like everything's so white and nothing, there's no like paintings on the wall. And it's like, where is this? And I, and I know I was like, I think the upstairs for all who've seen it, uh, there is a real house that they shot in, but I think upstairs is like this unfurnished, like under construction apartment building because it's just white hallways and I white have... rooms with nothing. It's unfurnished. Which I know. was mind blowing. It was like 2001 or something. The end. I know. Of, you know. You know. We, we, kind of. We we will totally get. We'll move on anyway. to the decor of Sledgehammer shortly. Um, but I real just want to give you my impression how it affected me right. on impact. Then. Yeah. Before I tag Marcus in, because I got to know what, Marcus what you thought of the movie. But real quick, I just want to. <laughs> this is a perfect segue. I know you're waiting there in the ankle chains, but just hang on. So, uh, <laughs> so. When I, so you screen the film, a couple years yes. later I see it on this that that scene on YouTube, and I it actually motivated me to buy the rights to the movie and release Which it on, 
on on home video, which I did do, and I was very passionate about that. But I actually, uh, it, yeah, it was wild. I, I mean, that that's how much I cra- crazy I was for this movie. I and still don't I, have a copy. Oh, I, I'll send you one. <laughs> yeah, but um, you. I need one I, too, please. Okay, for sure, of course. Uh, but I Merry got Christmas. You're welcome. Um, so Tom. <laughs> Uh, inspired me his passion f- I actually got swept up in Tom's passion for it and that's what <laughs> motivated me to get fucking buy the goddamn movie so uh, but but what I, I didn't did know is any we, of this yeah it's totally true so we made a special feature uh, on the DVD where we actually green screened Tom into Sledgehammer to talk about Sledgehammer which uh, we dubbed Sledgehammer Land but you also went in there and kind of talked about you know how how much this movie made an impression on you, and that first screening, which you've never really seen. Yeah, you've never seen this. I never watched it. So like, I just yeah, I, that screening that weird Saturday night. Yeah, wow. great. I, I, God, I didn't realize how much Tom ruined Evan's life. <laughs> you know? I, this is all news to me. No, this yeah. is hey, no, this was this was very special. Like, and what I mean Next by that, you know, he's like he's like having coffee with David the Rock Nelson or what you know, right? Uh, just a few months later, you right? Totally That's right. Exactly. You know, because just very, very very quickly, <laughs> I had the impression that you know Zach Carlson and 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 like Lars Nilsson of um, you know like Dark Wednesday at the Alamo. Yeah. I thought it was like oh. Sledgehammer, of course, you know, and Bleeding Skull. I thought you were totally acclimated. I didn't know this, you know. No, Sledgehammer it, opened that door. It, it just it hammered that door right, down right, right. and opened it for me in a lot of ways. And um, so it was, it's pretty pretty formative. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then you went um, deep. Yeah. And I went I went real deep, and it, it did ruin my life. For this a is a years. special film for this all of us. Yeah. Very special movie. But let, okay. let's let's look at you ten years ago in Sledgehammer Land, as we called it. Talking about the first time you saw the movie and what you did uh, with the audio controls while you screened it. Okay, here we go. This is like a bonus. Yeah, it's a bonus feature. I'm in the movie. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was the day after Halloween, 2008. It's like none of us uh, were um, able to. Um, appreciate what was about to happen to us, which was ostensibly the world premiere screening of this shot and video horror film, Sledgehammer. Uh, first of all, it was very, very big, much bigger than a television screen, obviously, and much bigger a presentation than the director, David Pryor, had probably ever anticipated this film being presented. Right. Big sound system was also happening. As the film progresses and the synthesizer uh, starts doing its thing, the soundtrack starts building, um, I felt compelled to go into our uh, projection booth and grab the sound mixer, and I turned up the bass all the way. (laughs) Slow motion. I love that. That was the point of no return. Uh, Sounds like you are. Uh, in both claustrophobic and expansive at the same time somehow. That's a good way to put it. Then you can come <laughs> with that um, music that uh, fills every molecule of the air in the room uh, with dread. Uh, uh, the lows and the highs are full of dread. And it creates a, a misty, invisible atmosphere um, that you feel like you could slice with a knife. And, uh, and it's relentless. <laughs> And after a while, it starts bearing you down until you succumb to the sledgehammer. Wow. 
that guy's articulate. I, uh, I was just thinking, dumber. I love this, that Tom, Tom's actually going, this guy's got a good point. I know. Yeah. I've gotten dumber. I've gotten more, less articulate. By the way, I stole that from a, a guy, uh, an old, a guy in 1968 was describing blue cheers sound. And he was like, blue cheer, man, see him and you can cut their sound with a knife. Whoa, you know, that's so cool. Loud. Yeah, oh, that's, that's what I was cool. referencing as a blue cheer uh, compliment. That's cool. Observation. But so that's a fucking awesome, awesome dude. So that's a I little blast from the past. But um, awesome. tagging Marcus now, Marcus, you watch this fucker for the first time this the afternoon. <laughs> this afternoon, so <laughs> like an hour ago. alone, alone. A lot of build so tell up. us, <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you turn it all the way up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought. Yeah, I thought it was good. <laughs> I. <don't know>. I <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's sort of a journey, you know, I uh -huh. think, uh, you like the food fight. I, I was right? really excited. I was, it was, and? I got all this buildup that you guys, that the audience got, you know, beforehand. So I was really juiced and excited to watch it. So I popped it on. I, I watched it actually like two o'clock in the morning, probably the way, if you're not going to see it in a movie theater, you should That's probably good. watch it oh, okay. at 2 AM in an mm -hmm. ice cold house, you know? Yeah. And, um, mm -hmm. And uh, I was really sort of getting that excited, like watching USA up all night, like, all right, this movie's going to be bad, you know. And um, at first it I was, was like really giddy with the, uh, <laughs> it was like sort of bareback uh, romantic scenes, you know, with the guys like got his shirt off and there's some food fights and I was laughing, you know, and this is movie so dumb. And, and then it really dies down at some point. And I was, I was really like tempted to like fast forward for Okay, but that's one of the great things about this show is that it forces you to watch the whole movie, and I was really glad that I didn't fast forward because I thought the last twenty four minutes it mm. all kind of came together for me. Yeah, that's the big yeah. thing. And, I, and I, I see what you're saying about the uh, the sort of accidental uh, art house, accidental video art vibe. You know, it's got some parallels with something like um, is that possibly in Michigan? You know what I'm talking about? It's like 1983. Yeah. You know, it's that. It's got some of the same feelings of that, but without that's, uh, being that's on without that should be online, folks. Maybe like even Vimeo, if you want to look that up. Possibly in Michigan. Yeah, it's got some Reference. of the same textures, you know. But um, but th those people are trying to be weird. I think you know, and this is more accidentally yeah. weird. Um, but I think at the end, I felt sort of like um, uh, my takeaway was either like. Either David Pryor, the director, is like a pretty adept filmmaker, you know, who can take something on that's even shot on SOV and just shot on video and make it, you know, be sort of like in line with every other kind of slasher movie, at least on the level. Or it just shows how goofy like slasher movies are, you mm. know, um, mm -hmm. because something that is like that lacks a lot of the aesthetic qualities of like a regular slasher movie can be just as effective. You know what I mean? Or like this movie is like, okay. It's by boiled down to movie, its elements. Even though it's like, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like exactly. Ele elemental yes, slasher. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very, yeah. Totally. That's true. A, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, that, and that is definitely what's going on because you know, like uh, that, that trend in the eighties, like you see in a uh, repo man where, uh, you know, canned uh, soda would just say soda, like generic that really <laughs> feels, it would just say slasher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like the poster. Yes. <laughs> like it, it, it really feels like that because it almost does. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's what I love about it. And it, and it, and it is, and it follows through because I mean, I could go on and on, but just like, um, it, 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 it leans into its, um, 
uh, limitations. And oh, yeah. I don't know if he's, I think he's both making the most of his limitations, but also limitations are that accidental part where, and I keep harping on this, I'm going to do it again, you know, is it is an unfurnished place where it's one white wall after another, hallway of white walls, a room of white walls, another room of white walls, white walls, white walls, white walls. A labyrinth and, and of white walls. It's like black box theater. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's just white box insane. And, yeah. and if you don't mind, actually, yes. Evan, let's play some of what I'm talking about, the empty spaces clips, because, well, actually, what you get are, it's like this. It's, it's almost like a binary or, or something kind of analogous to that. It's like ones and zeros. It's so elemental. Is white walls, which is basically white. I command you to and, rise. And white noise of the oppressive sonics of, this, of the synth. You know, well, here's, you know, I mean, that's accidental art, you know, but it's also somewhat intentional. He's making choices of uh, the editing, of course, and he's making choices with the uh, composition. So it's it's a bit of both, you know, like there is, some, there's, it's like talent and no resources. Rise you know, I think there's, yeah. I think there's two Rise, empty space shots. Let's, let's just throw both of those up right now. Just because to be honest with you, this is the kind of stuff that got me, you know, uh, anyway, oh, so it's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. I so, mean, it's really um, the most like anxiety inducing element of the movie is just this, this end, endless labyrinth of white walls and, and corridors and hallways yeah. that this movie yeah. takes place in. And it's there's really no furniture. Effective. There's like one room has a broken television in the corner, you know, but there's nothing. There's yeah. There's, it's impossible to get an idea of the map. There's no, there's no furniture. There's no windows, right? There's no. Uh, Point. Is there a single window in the whole movie? Like I don't. Maybe not. Good also, this is supposed to be like a mountain retreat. You know, there's it has no none of the characteristics of like mountain. Like there's no right. like log or well, wood or like you know. Well, yeah, yeah. There's no character to it. Because there's no there's no embellishments to it. No, and you said something interesting just now too. Uh, you have no frame of reference of where you are in this place, and it feels like it could be like five times as big as when you see the house in the exterior. You know, yeah. it's just it's that kind of trippy <laughs> accidental trippiness, like house or something, where it's like like yeah. how how big is this place? You know, yeah. so it's disorienting. I think is a really yeah. good word. Yeah, and they you know? do play with that a little bit too. With like, there's like some teleportations that happen, or people getting lost yes. a little bit. You know, so well, how about this? It does seem a like psychotic a psychotic little boy w runs by you and disappears, like in the other hallway, and you're like, what was that? You know, and yes, right. sometimes what pops up is an upside down bloody pentagram. Uh, you know, dead bodies pop up, and of course. Maybe let's talk about um, what, another element that actually really works for the creep factor. And I think this makes it a somewhat effective horror film is inside this nothing world is a pretty scary villain. Actually. Yeah, so I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and, and first yeah. of all, the framing, it's kind of like um, how um, Gunnar Hansen, you know, when they when they cast him in uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre's uh, Leatherface, you know, they said, uh, you know, he asked later, he's like, uh, why did you uh, hire me? Uh, he, he said, and they said, because your entire body fit through the frame of the door when you walked in, like you were at the top of the door and, on, yeah. and your shoulders are on each side of the door. And they were like, you were hired, buddy. So he, so whoever, <laughs> wherever they got this crazy guy, he's very intimidating. He's maybe six, eight or something, seven foot. And uh, but also another genius touch is there's nothing else. He's just big and he's wearing a kind of a dumb shirt. But they do that great 
very cheap um, kind of shock horror meets Devo kind of look where it's that clear kind of mask, but (laughs) cut off the lower jaw mouth. Right. You notice that? I've seen that elsewhere. Maybe I think Devo maybe does do that. Forty-five. Miss 45. Miss 45, maybe. <clears throat> Alice, sweet Alice. Like, it definitely has a... Um, no, but, but re- you guys are hearing what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's it's a clear mask, but you're cutting off the lower jaw. And that... Right. Yeah. that okay, I, yeah. I was really analyzing this, and that makes a huge difference because it's a compromise. You're getting just that guy's weird fucked up mouth, but then it's anonymous nothing above it. So those are great choices. And he's pretty good as an actor. That, too, that guy, he's you're right in his way. It's one of the things that's it's so he's so big and beefy, and like the guys that he's like throwing around are no shrinking violets either. You know, exactly. they're all muscly, like the jock uh, guy. <laughs> yeah, jock guys, gym buddies. And, and so you think like, like John is that the guy's name? The the short haired. I I don't know anybody's <laughs> names. After okay, John. This. Is I mean, the even big the credits guy. has everyone's <clears throat> names listed. I'm John. Still, like, I don't know. Like John is the guy with the sixty-five. But John is big. Sure. Yeah. yeah. The, he's the guy with the beard. He's the guy who's sixty-five. Yeah. John is sixty-five. Wait, he looks yeah. like he's sixty-five. Are these guys? Yeah, that's it. Does I was like, uh, <laughs> right some, I was trying to like put the encapsulate this movie. I'm like, that's about a bunch of kids getting hammered, you know. And then uh, I was like, wait, is it kids? Like, wait, how old are they? No. They're somewhere between twenty-five and the blonde. 52, the blonde you know? woman is like about almost forty. Yeah, there's, a, there's like one close up <laughs> right. of her and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, she's supposed to be like they're all supposed to be like college sophomores or something. Actually, now that we're in this neighborhood, <laughs> that. now yeah. that we're in this neighborhood, Evan, we've talked about the oppressive, horrifying world. Let's talk about the other parts of the film. And uh, the safe word is sandwich. Let's get <laughs> into that. Like this is kind of the this is what's also stupefying, stupefying about the film, because a lot of it is verite footage of really dumb people. Uh, doing a lot of dumb partying. Can you cue that up for us, just sure. so we can look at it? Yeah. This is a. Uh, this is a. This is also, I think, oh, what's yeah. conf- dumbfounding, is this is a big part of the movie too. Before everyone's head gets bashed in, there's basically watching, like, a Radio Shack camera filming really stupid people partying. Like, I would not want to be there. A lot of hooting, hooting and hollering. A lot of hooting. Yeah. A lot of yuha. Um, yuha. Everything's. Everything's. I'm, Everything is uncertain ad libbed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I was like, just gonna say, do you think they improvise this part? <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was heavily. I was like every, I can tell <laughs> Yeah. Every time that they're you can tell all the improv parts because everyone's talking at once. Right. <laughs> like us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, wait, where's the sandwich, dude? Yeah. And um, then uh, anyway, that's Yeah, there's also a no food really, fight. Oh, here it is. Oh, they follow it up with uh, well, as he says, can't have ham and cheese without the mustard. So it's insane uh, they did that. It's insane they did all this. This is this is a very intense food fight. And, and Marcus, by the way, I mean, sorry, Evan. Um, I love that you texted me. You were like, "Dude, those towels." Yeah. Those like blue, those gray, those green paper towels. I'm like, <laughs> I know, right? Those gr- green paper towels, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, anyway, and uh, no, so 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 a the food fight, but the film vacillates from inanity and lots of really bad SNL um, uh, uh, impressions, a lot of bad Billy um, Bill Murray, you know, and uh, and crazy wild and crazy guy stuff, and then. Though it juxtaposes that, 
uh, and vacillates with um, oppressive, nightmarish, um, uh, truly scary footage, you know, and uh, I think that that's part of the charm for me. It's a very extreme film is maybe what I'm trying to say. It is a total deconstruction, you know, and it feels like the one that comes to mind to me is um, Friday the 13th, part three, like sort of a little bit in the plotting because there's really no plot. It's just, you know, dumb people go and stay in a cabin and get killed. But it, but it, but that is kind of what happens in a Friday the Thirteenth. There is kind of like antics in the food fight before all the murders. You guys know what I mean? Yeah, totally, hundred percent. Yep. So, oh yeah, yeah. But the thing and this is, is the sex. The, yeah, the, yeah. But in this film, what I'm saying is, in this film, everything's kind of off and lysergic, and it's it's as if Friday the Thirteenth had like a 17 minute like like moment of antics like everything's stretched yeah. out and and, and and like just single camera dead air like it's a play all of a sudden like it's if like I can film say, play right? it's uncanny it's an uncanny like a yeah. familiar yeah. twisting of what you're familiar exactly with. it's familiar yeah. but it's really wrong that's what yeah, i was gonna exactly. say about it like there's there's <laughs> yeah. a scene in the movie in the very beginning when you meet all these bozos like they're they're unpacking the car for a very long time a lot of who, it's you very know, Friday the Thirteenth. Yep, but yep. it goes on for three times Ever. as long. Yeah, it's all a lot of woo and yeah, woo and like, yeah, like unpacking like, the car. Man, this is gonna be fun. Woo, yeah, yeah fun, fun. And and it's 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 like, crazy because it re- that that to me really does feel like. And I hope I'm not over quantifying Sledgehammer, but it, in in, oh, in another in, an, <laughs> in another director's movie, like that could be you know in some like someone could make that choice. Is what I'm trying to I say know. artistic I choice know. to hold and to drag it Absolutely. out to make to some exaggerated co- you know comment on masculinity and you know America like, you know like, mumblecore 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 <laughs> mumblecore <laughs> right. yeah it's the first um, mumblecore mumblecore <laughs> well that's already a thing like there's hipster mumblecore oh uh, is there uh, you know, you know um, like you're next you're next is oh, a okay uh, i don't like but, that anymore Stop can, yeah exactly That's can i say so but it's the first mumblecore <laughs> film kind of it is well i also said it was the first it's also the first airbnb horror film of all time but all right i love that yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> i this weird wait, 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 we're talking about like how things are stretched out i did have this theory at the end that because you know that the reason that's like that is because they're trying to stretch it, and he wanted to stretch it into a feature. Oh, of course, of course. Mean, like that's it's all filler. Okay. It's all filler. <laughs> yeah. It's all no, filling. It's, yeah. it, it's, but, it's, but that's again part of the accident. Where right. and actually, yes. gents, <laughs> like you thought I, he could I, get away with it, <laughs> I, gents. I think it's time. Well, the thing is, no one's no one's watching when you make an SOV. No one's paying attention. Like there's no uh, there's no aesthetic guidelines. Uh, based on the precedent of the of the art form or anything, it's just like you know, there's no uh, and they just run tape, you know, yeah, or, you know, like, they, like in Boogie Nights, they just go, we just keep putting in tapes and shooting, you know. It's 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 um, really ostensibly the idea of like making a karaoke video. A lot of it feels yes. karaoke video to me, and Absolutely. I think the scene that's on the tip of your tongue, my friend, is uh, it. It, it is very karaoke video, and we should definitely do it. On the other side of the karaoke video, though, tag me in. I, there's, there's some things I've been fighting to get in. So, But here we go. This, this is a, a real example of uh, what we're a, a, a passage in the movie that, I mean, f- it, this is a piece of art well, in and of itself. Exactly. Because some films have two characters walking from one place to another a few yards. 
And uh, this is how uh, Sledgehammer <laughs> deals with a couple walking kind of from the car to the front door. Um, and here we go, guys. Uh, count it down, and we're going to do it and commit. We're committing to this right now. Halfway mark. We did it. Guys, you know what wow. I have to say about that, though? I mean, that is for real. That was great. Kind of slow. Kind of slow. Oh! <laughs> right, so. Homegirl is on point once again. That um, was kind of slow. That was more than kind of slow. But, um, I mean, Evan, eat, wow. eat that shit, yeah, Tarkovsky. That's all I have to say. I mean, that is... It's what well, we call it Radio Shack Tarkovsky. Yeah, it is. Uh, it you is. know, <laughs> we're coining a new uh, uh, kind of film. Let me... Okay, let me say. Yeah, I mean that, that that's part of the magic right there. You know what I mean? Um, and and it's and it and I, I there's some other words that come to mind. I was saying uh, it's very pure. It's also like really um, uncompromising. Like it doesn't break character. If that if I can use that term, sort of like it it, it it's very steady, and it has a monotonous kind of quality. Like that scene is not unlike brutal murders. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, of course, there's. I mean, there, you know, there's there's like <laughs> violence and the synthesizer comes in, but but it's all kind of just this level, like like monotone. The pacing is the same, yeah. Yeah, it's all right, kind of just right. flat and straight line. Yeah. You know, I I, I will say well, I think. Yeah. Oh please. 
I, I was, I was just, just going to say, well, Evan wanted to say something. So. Thank you, Marcus. Um, <clears throat> I was just going to say that, like, kind of, and this is a good segue, actually. Let's go back to the killer part, not the filler, for yeah. a second. Um, right. The um, So <laughs> this this movie, too, like, I think it just, why it has such great nightmare vibes and why I love it is, um, I mean, part of it is the stretching of time, sculpting in time, if you will. Um, uh, is is uh, I mean so beautifully executed in the murder sequences and the opening yeah. of Sledgehammer sets the tone so fucking perfectly, where yeah. the the opening credit sequence, which is awesome, which I totally noticed by the way. Sh- a shout out to our previous episode is totally Tasm. That is a fucking that song. I thought of that too. Fucking yeah. Tasm. Well, it is. Right? I think it literally is the Phantasm. Oh yeah. Okay. But uh, anyway, uh. And then it opens in this amazing cold open, which sets the stage for the movie, which is um, essentially, you know, these these uh, two lovers having an affair in this weird red house that's uh, somewhere up in the mountains. And then uh, there's a little boy there, uh, you know, who gets locked away in a closet. Uh, and uh, that's, you know, the sort of mythology of Sledgehammer. It's um, the origin story. That's the origin story. Yeah. And um, it's like Jason the- Voorhees drowning, uh-huh. you know, because the campers are, you know, uh, Screen. Totally. But this opening murder sequence to me says everything about the best of Sledgehammer when it's just Agreed. operating in that amazing you, you, and you get that introduction to the synthesizer, you get the introduction to the pacing, the slow motion, and it's just fucking awesome. Uh, yes, there's a lot of slow motion. Good point. Yeah, basically it's all here in this opening origin story killing scene. Uh, and um, it's a great formula. <laughs> and, it, and it really is creepy. No nudity there. Uh, looks like a porn, but um, it's really creepy. Also, that choice, by the way, to do the freeze frame on the sledgehammer and then into the fade is fucking awesome. That's video art. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There's, some, there's a couple cool freeze frames in this. Totally. And there's also the vector, which we're going to see, that, that vector or that like... Yeah. Oh, like oh, a computer paint uh, app. Yeah. Um, that's really that's a very cool. fucked up shot too. It is. That, very that, snuff. Uh, by the way, the special effects are by Blood and Guts. Yeah. That's who's credited with the uh, credits, yeah. the gore effects. <laughs> um, no, I mean there's so much going on here, and I think I, I was forgetting actually that slow mo is a big uh, component to the creeps, the creep vibes, you know, and it fits the uh, synth really well too. There's a lot things things really get molassesy and slow during the killing parts. You know what I mean? Like it's just, and I can't quite tell because I feel like sometimes they're all moving around slowly and aping slow mo, but then there is slow mo. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and Thanks. then like the ca- the camera movements slow, kind of slow. It's just all very slow and molassesy. This is great, by the way. The, f- the filmmaking yeah, the repetition. Uh, tec- yeah, a lot of it's the filmmaking techniques. I think. Like set Here it, it apart, is. like since it's. Oh, uh, I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. Great fade. Yeah. Fade to red. Yeah. yeah. So that's, and then uh, ten years later, I've sort and of loved just, that. I mean, it's it's just got that terrible, that and the titles are that incredibly crude, like local TV commercial, like bottom third uh, text. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like title Sonic, title writer. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, title you plug into your VCR. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fact that he is like a that prior is sort of a real 
director or would go on to be one. I think it's it yeah. sets it apart somewhat than the other SOVs that are just made by like a teenager or like a group of friends or, you yeah. know, like he had like a real career. I mean, he's not like, uh, you know, uh, James Cameron or whatever, but uh, <laughs> he did, did, you know, he did he deadly prey. He, he's very aware. prolific. And yeah, I mean, he's like a real filmmaker. So I think that shows, uh, you know, it makes it more, it definitely helped me make it through it easier than something like, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, do, do you guys want yeah. to spend a few <laughs> minutes on David Pryor? Because I have a couple, couple, you know, uh, peeling the curtain back things about him yeah, yeah. Uh, in in Please, this film. Yeah. So, so we did get to talk with David Pryor a little bit when we did the home video release. Um, and, you know, David Pryor, like you were saying, he went on to do Deadly Prey. He did a bunch of other action films, tons. He had a killer workout. You know, he's done a bunch of movies that, yeah, right. you know, have a cult following to, to this day. And Sledgehammer is kind of the deep cut, you know, uh, yeah. of all of those. But how this the sort of thing... The red-headed stepchild of his totally. filmography. <laughs> the roots. You know, roots. I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Sledgehammer is still very obscure. A very lot of other films broke out. Not this one. No. So how it came together is he actually made a deal uh, with a local commercial production company. So the so the crew is a, a, a local commercial team, um, wow. and uh, and they use their facilities to edit the film and everything like that. Um, one of the other things too that's interesting is um, that this movie was shot in only well, it's not. I mean, it's not rocket science, but two locations. So, and they only had the red what? house. They had the red house. <laughs> Wait, there was two. They had. I know there was one. Well, hang on, hang on. They had the they had the red house for fucking one day. Really? One day, and Damn. all of the interiors. And this is what I'm about to say because the the fucking interiors are actually David Pryor's apartment. Okay, so wow. that mo- that motherfucker's <laughs> living in Sledgehammer Land. But also, <clears throat> what to me is crazy is just that, uh, when why I love this too, is just that, that fucking shape-shifting motherfucker in that just, you know, totally disorienting labyrinth of rooms and everything, like we were saying, is just what makes this White fucking walls. thing awesome. But yeah, this is his apartment, so he's, he's just That's literally... It. That That's that awesome. makes it very outsider to me too, a little bit. Yeah, is that it's you know we're yeah. just yeah, yeah, in this yeah. movie, well, and he also did say, Tom, you're right. He did say he was influenced by the Friday the Thirteenth films. That's obviously what's interesting. Running I through this, I see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I see like the thread, like the skeleton of, um, especially the third one. But also, he's completely ripping off. I mean, not ripping off, but he's um, the seance. The, the dialogue in the seance, a lot of it is. The campfire story in uh, part two, Friday the 13th, part two. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was cute. I like that. Yeah. I I, that's it. so cool about the, the, the commercial production company thing, too, because I was, I could tell that was like a broadcast yeah, camera, great. not just like a shot on VHS type thing, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like a tube camera right, right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And because um, that's what helps the look. It helps the look a lot, actually, because it doesn't, even though it's shot on video, it doesn't look, it looks bad, but it doesn't look terrible. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like uh, yeah, the way VHS looks like really skunky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like so. prosumer, like uh, it's not literally Radio Shack cameras. Yeah, and so it has it's, like, like uh, that last scene that like we watched. It could TV. be a commercial. It could be a local TV commercial. Yeah, so it's got that going right, for it right. too, which does make it more even more special. You know, it is like another cut, another place that it's a cut above. You know? Well, it's it's a look. I mean, uh, it has a specific look because like what we're saying is like Black Devil Doll. And uh, Tales from the Quad Ed Zone, that is a prosumer camera. 
Yeah. That is something you, you buy yeah. in Radio Shack. And uh, this so would have been a, like thousands and thousands of dollars to get this broadcast camera. It would have been out of the hands of like the normal yeah, yeah, most public. Yeah. SOVR. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. so, I mean, um, I, I think in a weird way, we've gotten so fixated on uh, it's gotten a little top heavy. I think we should get back to some footage of just the killer, uh, you know, him stalking. Uh, I think it'd be good for folks to see some of the um, the really creepy stuff that happens in the white rooms and the white hallways. You know, it's so very effective. Everybody... <clears throat> it's really actually yeah. it kind of achieves yeah. something really, really effective with especially with the mask and everything and how the lo-fi camera really just makes like mm -hmm. th there's that one scene of him walking straight at the camera down the hallway right. when he's coming at you that's really genuinely yeah, totally. freaky and also th th well there's 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 a there's a few again it's elemental like the music's like 50 percent. i'll just speak for myself but that's like half and it's and it's very effective especially play it loud folks if you're going to play this at home uh, and turn up the bass but like um there's that general look and it's very hazy and i'm not sure if um Maybe they had a mister or some kind of general smoke thing because there's a haze to it. I mean, it's the fidelity of the camera, of course, but there is like this haze that runs through it, especially in the nightmare sequences or the killings. But they also, I don't know if we really pointed this out enough, is there's that incredibly simple crude effect of um, having people fade out you yeah. know, by, by cross, crossing from where the person's on in the location and then out and they just crossfade. And it's very crude and very simple, almost like surrealist filmmaker crude. Uh, it's one of the OG techniques of, you know, avant-garde cinema, but they do a nice job. Like the little kids disappearing and appearing, the hand, the sledgehammer is appearing, disappearing. He's disappearing. So there's a shot. There's, um, right. I think in the killer stalks, maybe no, um, I don't remember, but in the killer stalks, I think there's some of the kind of footage we're talking about. Evan, if we can maybe get to that and give people a taste. And then there's the kill and see there's extreme slow motion to it i keep forgetting to mention that but that's another element too where um everything's just fucking molasses and lysergic you know or quaaludes maybe it's like quaalude vcr nightmare look at that some of the performances the too are quaaluded out for sure ted Pryor definitely that's what i'm saying it feels like <clears throat> sometimes there's slow motion but it feels like sometimes they're just walking slowly it's incredible and, and he really does There's fill the frame. <laughs> it's a very narrow hallway, by the way. And he really fills yes. the frame. That's frightening. That is frightening. Yeah, the narrowness of it is weird, yeah. All the yeah, doors are really like narrow, too. Shadows and, All the yeah. doors are really narrow, too. And it had me it had me wondering, actually, if that was the lens on the camera. Because the house so. looks the house looks really narrow. And yeah. the some of the yeah, some of the doors, the front door too. It's it which makes yeah. it just feel otherworldly. I think you'd have yeah. to have a pretty wide lens to wrong. capture those hallways, you know, to be able to see the hallway at all, like that close, you'd have to have a yeah. pretty wide lens. So yeah, he's yeah. definitely distorting. Is there, there's one other thing that maybe I just want to show this cause it was somewhat amusing to me, but um, okay. There's a sex scene in sledgehammer. Now folks, how do you think that's handled? Um, if you're thinking that it has the same oppressive nightmarish synthesizer score as a murder scene, you're right. That's how they did <laughs> sex scene. Let's check that out for a second. And then on the other side, let's talk about the music. Like, just g give it its own its own section. Absolutely. Here. Here's a little bit more. I have never I've never seen that aesthetic choice for a sex scene. 
That's good. I do love the uh, the, the, the blanket covering. Uh, we see we see like one boob in this movie, but then they, they sort of g- gently lay the, the blanket over the guy's butt with his legs hanging out. <laughs> it all feels very awkward. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, what was the aesthetic choice you were about to point out? I was saying the sound. The, the, the oh yeah. Soundtrack for this scene. So yeah, and uh, you know, and it's all very stark and ugly. It's also it kind of reminds me of like if Hustler magazine made like uh, like lifestyle videos in 1983 with like <laughs> dirty jokes and people making out and people having food fights. It has like a a really dumb crude dumb guy crudeness to it. Um, but uh, I think. Here's a little more of the killer. Um, well, anyway, it's just uh, all the elemental um, aspects permeate the whole film. And uh, this is towards the end. This is one of the uh, big kill scenes, which is not unlike the one in Friday the 13th, part two, by the way, now that I think of it. Um, and uh, because that's another thing about slide. Sex scene is followed by so um, yeah. So that's that scene. Uh, I don't know if we have any. Time. I don't know if we have any more to show. But you want to talk about the music, and I do. Do you have any insights, uh, Evan, on the music, the creation of the music? I actually don't, and it surprises me that, like, watching back, unless I forgot, like watching back the special features on the DVD, that uh, you know, I I didn't remember any other moment times where we asked him or what the deal was because but. i because i looked on the uh, film's credits and it, it, it's weird what it does it never cites music uh for any credit but then towards the end it says additional music right by um his brother was uh, uh ted prior a ted because yeah. well but that's but i think that's because um there's another playing guitar scene. yeah yeah he's playing like pretty guitar and i think he's probably playing that guitar during the insane two minute uh, walk moment um so, but yeah, there's no one credited for the music. So I just always assumed it was Ted Pryor, just like, you know, like putting his hand down on the synthesizer. It, it must be, because isn't that like why all the credits, like the a lot of the credits are just made up names too, right? Like he must have done so much. And then like, it's like yeah, Eddie Cutter so was the editor yeah. was Eddie Cutter. And yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I wonder. And then something by my, like locations by Mike Hunt. Yeah. And there's like Jack you know, Neoff was, uh, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're all in there. Uh, yeah, IP, they're yeah. all in there. Yeah. IP freely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Haywood, I think I think I think the gaffer was uh, that guy Haywood uh Haywood you blow me? <laughs> Is that what it was? I no, was to, I just, no, uh, no, no. Well, it's weird. It was confusing when they mix real <laughs> names in with the fake names cuz then I expect all the real names to be uh puns. Hey, that's too. sledgehammer. But um <laughs> But Tom, tell but yeah, us about the music that, for you, though. Like the music for you yeah. is really, yeah. You said half of it, so you know. I mean, it's it it really it's fifty percent the, the music slash the sonics of it. It's just um, that's another thing. I think actually maybe everything that I like about this film is in the music choices because I keep talking about how you know there are these choices and they're very primitive and fundamental and elemental choices. Like you know, there's not. Uh, you know, and, and they just stick with it. Like, so it's very pure as a film. And I don't think there's a pure synth score that I could think of. You know, it's just, um, it's just very clean and it's, uh, and it's really artless. It's like, it's a, I actually kind of want to rip it off the film, like pull the audio 
you know, from the mm -hmm. film and just listen to it on my my Sony Walkman, you know, when I jog, you know, because it's really special because it's um, it doesn't have any uh, uh, dynamics much. You know, there's a little bit of dynamics where like the kid grows and I think they change the pitch <laughs> or the key or something, you know, they do that shepherd's tone thing where it's yeah, like, it's very shepherd's that, like, tone and yeah. falling right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, uh, like, yeah, everything's um, spiraling. And uh, but otherwise, it doesn't have any other choices because I only get annoyed by synths, 80 synth scores when um, it is sort of like music and they and they have some bad melodies that are very, very repetitive, you know, like, you know, that kind of like mindless three note, like finger plucking um, kind of synthesizer score, you know, um, or how about this? The meaning of dangerous minds is one of those, you know, like. You know, it's like, um, uh, but what's I'd say Sledgehammer's dangerous story man, right? Yeah, yeah, dangerous man, yeah. It's yeah. like um, Sledgehammer's great because it doesn't have any other instrumentation. It doesn't use a drum machine, so it doesn't sound potentially goofy. It just sounds severe and serious, and that's where it gets kind of like other planety and kind of like peyote on the moon, two thousand and one kind of thing. Like I, I will always defend. Um, the soundtrack is like truly like pure art that if some hipster did do that, they would be noted. You know what I mean? It totally. is, yeah, it's like trance almost just drops yes. a, just a one synth pad that never changes key. Just like, you know what it is? Never, never fall. No fall off. Just exactly. No fall. It's consistent. You know what it is? It's evil new age music. Yeah, right. It is. It is. Because I mean, they yeah what else is he going for you know like what else is in his mind it is like uh yeah evil new age well it music. feels like the whole the whole Saints movie movies. yeah like the whole <laughs> movie obviously as we said at the top of the show is like a race to <laughs> it's it's kind of a race to getting a consumer product you know it's like yeah. here he is like just trying to make okay well friday the 13th is uh successful i want to be successful you know and it's like putting together a horror movie <laughs> yeah, like like cynical. stripping it down to its yeah tripping it stripping it down to its <laughs> elements right but it's just like it, yeah. it's it, but at the same time when you just when you take all the authorship away and everything and it becomes so i know when you becomes, make it so bare bones yeah uh it's like it's, Zizek. Uh, it, yeah yeah i know no it's it's it is it it's it, sledgehammer is a philosophical question yeah <laughs> that's that's yeah. all of it you know what i mean it really is like like what if you, like is there too much that you remove how much can you remove from friday the 13th part three how much can you lose like like we don't need um uh like we don't need uh windows <laughs> you know we don't we don't need characters yeah. We don't need dialogue. We don't need um, any other kind of score. We just need. Um, we don't need uh, location. Like, no locations. Yeah, no locations. We don't need paint, paintings. You know, like on the wall. Yeah, cut paint for the walls. Uh, but also, the the other thing um, I think that is interesting because David is working in such a vacuum. He's in his he's in his own fucking apartment, right? Food fighting in his own apartment, all that shit. He's doing yeah. that, um, but he's he's still feeling even the even the confinement of that, and then coming up with ideas like, okay, how can we make this different? We got to get to eighty minutes somehow. Okay, the sledgehammer is going to teleport too. That's fucking cool. Uh, we're also going to have the characters teleport in and out of rooms. Rooms will be locked, so they'll have to be teleported in, and like uh, that's yeah. so fucking. That's what's cool. Is that, know, I'm glad shit. you're actually mentioning that because um, that's another kind of X factor in the film. Because that, let me put it this way. 
that is not like Friday the 13th part three. You know what right. I mean? Like, uh, you know, that is something that is actually more akin to like 2001, like time and place displacement. Uh, you know what I mean? Again, that kind of lysergic thing. And, and I've, you know, I remember the first time I saw it, you know, uh, and always, and just when I saw it again now for the show, for the podcast, like, uh, I, I give up immediately. I'm like, I'm not following this. You know what I mean? Like, like the logic, quote unquote, of like, um, because it's illogical. It's a dream nightmare world, uh, which is fine. It's great. It's a horror movie. But like, um, I was just letting go. It's like, I don't know what's going on because there's also sort of repetition. Like, uh, that guy's dead again, and you see him dead over here, and you see him dead and over the there. Flashbacks and the flashbacks come back a lot. The flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, right. Flashbacks come back. And, and how about this? The little kid keeps popping up you know like in random random intervals is what i'm saying like i'm not seeing the pattern of like what brings the film to include suddenly have the boy scene instead of the the huge man like like yeah. what is uh creating that um uh situation where that but he so he just pops up and it's very playful and um and i just always let go i just let go i don't know if anybody died I don't know if anybody was ever in that house. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't think there was a sledgehammer there. You know, like, like I don't know what the hell's going on. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, like, like it's it's um, and 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 it's in its own universe. And and I love God. There's some. Do you know where it was filmed, Evan? Did Did he tell you? I mean, like um, the uh, exterior, the, the red house. I think that the red house was like up in the way out in the valley or something. I think so. And Southern then- California. Yeah, and then he alluded to the it's fact. So Interstate Five, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and he was <laughs> he was alluding, he was alluding to one of the actors um, when they did the the scene where he got sledgehammered in the chest. Uh, he was alluding to that onlookers when he would walk outside in Venice. Um, <laughs> people were being like, uh, "Whoa, dude, you need some medical help." So maybe David Pryor's apartment was actually in fucking Venice, oh my where this God. is wow. filmed. Like, you know, no, you know what it is? It's probably a condo. A condo, yeah, a condo, yeah. He lived in a condo, you know, so that's helping yeah. me a lot to to really see it. Like, it's not even like a, it's like a um, an unfurnished condo. And by the way, I'm describing the upstairs. Because the thing is, the downstairs is not just white walls. So in a weird way, you could get really trippy and start overthinking this movie a lot, where it's like there's the conscious which you know has a record player great record player by the way um it's like fisher price record player yeah, it's, oh i know fisher yeah. price so so, so like downstairs has a character it is a place you know like where they have the food fight but upstairs the id is just white walls and that is that does another thing it's like like the kitchen it looks like a kitchen but everything upstairs just looks like white wall you know like spaces and uh, it's just it's just another little thing I loved about it because and it adds to the disorientation, you know, because it's so it's so um, bicameral, if I can use a big word like it's it, it's so completely different and alien each. They don't meet ever the two uh, environments. Right. Do the murders happen downstairs ever except for the first one with the mom? But like, do the, the, any kills happen downstairs? Oh, see, that's the thing. I don't know if that's true. The first one was downstairs. Is the first one? Yeah, because the downstairs. Cause, yeah, because the okay, because the closet, because a lot of significance with the closet. That looks like it's a place that's upstairs. I think there's a. I think so. Yeah. I think, I think the, the closet's both the closet. downstairs and upstairs. <laughs> if you, yeah. If you catch my drift, I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. It's sledgehammer. <laughs> Fuck it, you know. And he's he's attacked by the lady, 
the the vinyl girl in the kitchen uh, that actually has right. some kind of furnishings and so on. So so when he finally um, right, that's when they finally come down from the downstairs. That's when. That's right. When he's, he's killed, he's killed downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Guys, see, he <laughs> yeah. had to come down to the conscious. <laughs> you got to come id. downstairs, right. man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, what's the last shot? He still haunts the id upstairs. Upstairs, right. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fun. I need to watch it on, on the, um, uh, ayahuasca or something. You know, from the point where the guy like teleports through the door, and then the closet has all those like cobwebs on it. Yeah, that's freaky and. Like, no, I from love that, that point on. I think it's great. Like, you know, there's not as much gore as I was expecting. I, th- I thought this was going to be like right. kind of a gore fest movie, but it's not really at all. And um, it is, there is more some psychological. Gore, but it's not, there's some, but it's not like, yeah. uh, you know, it's not made to present just one terrible gore set piece after another. That's true. No, but but right. you know what? Actually, let's talk about the doorknob for a second, because the last time I watched it, I was getting again, I was getting that nice sweet disoriented sledgehammer vibe going because it was like okay there's the doorknob that's that's cobwebby which is denoting that it's from like 10 years ago right but then there's a latch is that the word for it it's like Mm -hmm. the doorknob has been sort of replaced possibly by the latch and the film is placing a lot of significance because guys he's in the closet Ah, he's in the closet not in a coming out as gay way but he's 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 in the id of the id by being in the closet, so yeah, <laughs> I think that. Uh, all right, I'm just gonna wrap it up by saying, man, this is a special one of a kind movie. Uh, it is. is it good? Is it bad? I don't know, but it's an experience. No, you know what? <laughs> I'll say this: it's not good. It's not bad. It's sledgehammer. Yeah, <laughs> fucking a. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, everybody. That was uh, one fucking hour on sledgehammer, which I can't believe we did. I, I can't believe that was a thing that either. Did. And but, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. If anybody right. watched you hadn't seen it before, you know, based on on the podcast, um, maybe you enjoyed it. I don't know. Call, I don't, send, send us some notes. Like, what do you think? Yeah. Do you want to see more films of if there are any that of, are in the realms of what oh, could be considered maybe sort of a sledgehammer? Um, or do you have any sl- suggestions for sledgehammer-ish yeah. films? Yeah, please get us more. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that was amazing. Um, next week, let's talk about next week's movie. Very excited about this. It's a slight shift uh, in every single way. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's it's an absolutely incredible movie uh, directed by uh, a director that is prime for one fucking hour. Someone that we can absolutely. really dig into, and I'm sure we'll absolutely. cover many of his films on this channel mm-hmm. uh and that is nick rogue nick reg not sure i always had to pronounce his name but oh, nicholas rogue yeah yeah nicholas rogue and it's his film walkabout from 1971 which we're doing for kind of a sort of a bittersweet reason uh obviously too because of the uh recent passing of one of the film's stars uh, uh david gopalil so um we'll kind of be paying tribute to him and the movie uh and to, and talking about it for a fucking hour next week so um, one fucking hour, yeah. So very special fucking, film. Another different, differently special, but equally special. Yeah, a hundred percent. Almost so as next- good as Sledgehammer. <laughs> Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, uh, one fucking hour on Walkabout next week. Uh, and now, everybody, before we say goodbye, uh, your moment of Zen. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Take care. 
the night before was Halloween, Friday night, I remember. We were up till 7 in the morning, uh, raising hell, uh, karaoke, etc. It was very decadent and uh, really took a lot out of us. And it felt like the whole city of Los Angeles the next day, November 1st, uh, was pretty wiped out too. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. Yeah.